You're listening to The Worship Review, a podcast which evaluates contemporary Christian music for the good of the church to the glory of God. This podcast is for the whole church to encourage thoughtful engagement with the words, emotions, and ideas in our music. We hope you enjoy this week's episode. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> how, to, how to lose <laughs> listeners in 10 seconds. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the final song of the fourth series of the Worship Review. My name is Colin. I'm a history professor by day, superhero by night, and podcaster in my spare time. Tyler. Early afternoon. Last night I slept for 10 hours, Colin. Congratulations. It was wonderful. Okay. I don't normally sleep that much, so it was a very welcome change. Wonderful. And I had one of the most vivid dreams imaginable where... This is probably too much information, but I dreamed I was a ninja fighter who kind of looked like Aragorn, um, or who kind of looked like Aragorn from the Lord of the Rings I was series. Say, looked like a region in Spain. No, and I was fighting these giant uh, mutant turtle creatures. I know it <laughs> sounds funny in hindsight. Sounds like you were um, a member of the foot. You were I'm a not bad kidding, guy. But I was fighting them and, but they had these ability, these magical abilities. All I had was like weapons, but they had, they could curse me and, um, they kept cursing me and it was very frustrating. It's very frustrating. <laughs> well, we don't do cursing on this show. We occasionally do cursing at, mm-hmm. but, mm-hmm. and by the way, folks, it's always a joke. Whenever I bleep something out on this show, nobody really said a curse word. We're just no. doing it for fun. We try and uh, keep our speech edifying yeah. for the most part. So like, I'll say the word dang and, you know, but if you bleep it, it sounds like I say dang. Mm. Yeah. Sometimes, I, I this is probably a much broader conversation to have, but sometimes curses are fitting. Oh yeah. But it's rare. I find it much more common that people overuse them. Oh yeah. Than that people use them properly. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's, I mean, it, this is a... This is a overdone point, but you know, we even have Paul, we have Paul cursing in a few places. Mm. So, uh, okay. Let's talk about the song for this week, Tyler, which is oceans. Open parenthesis. Where my, where my feet may fail. Is that it? Where feet may fail. Where feet may fail. Close parenthesis. By Hillsong. Okay, Tyler, uh, you should do the talking on this one. <laughs> what uh, what can you tell us about the song, about the band that we don't already know? This is a band that we've seen, I don't know, maybe 10 times on this podcast. This is probably the most recognizable name in Christian worship music broadly and even contemporary Christian music in the world right now. And this has been a ministry, a decades-old ministry, but in recent years, years, particularly in the last 10 or 15 years, they've really taken off with the kind of new age, uh, Christian, uh, music and worship, worship and praise music. And this song oceans is undoubtedly one of their most prominent hits. Mm-hmm. And many people will have heard of the song or will know it. They may even start humming it when you mention it. And it's led by Tyus Smith. And it was written by a team 
uh, Matt Crocker, Joel Houston, and Solomon Lighthelm, with production being handled by uh, Michael Guy Chislett. And there's a song story video that they put on YouTube to clarify how they wrote this song. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's very interesting to hear how this song was written, Colin. If I had to, I have a few points to make about this, but let me just, to make a fun game out of it. If I had to ask you, do you think the music came first or the lyrics came first? Which would you say? I would have to guess the lyrics. The music came first ah! for the song. If um, I If I had to ask you... Do you think the lyrics came first or the title? Which one do you think came first? The title. The title came yeah, first. The, the, yeah. Yes. Um, do you think this was uh, written, the text, the lyrics, do you think these were written um, with uh, one day, three days, or zero days left to record it? Well, it wouldn't make a good story if it were anything other than zero days. <laughs> it was the last day <laughs> of tracking this album. Okay. Um, so to to put it maybe a little bit differently, the music for this song preceded the lyrics. They had a sound that they wanted to go for, but they hadn't figured out what text to put to it. They had a title. They knew they wanted it to be about oceans, but they weren't sure what sense oceans would be employed. They had no idea how <laughs> oceans would play a role. Um, and you can listen to this video. I'll put it in the episode, sure. um, description so that you can re- you can hear for yourself, but they're in Sydney with their friend Solomon or Salomon, excuse me. And Salomon is described as an amazing storyteller who took the song and turned it into the story of Peter walking on the water. It was the last day of tracking this album. Uh, they knew kind of what the song was in their words. And I'm not, I, I I'm not kidding they knew what the song was about they just didn't have the lyrics um but they found a waterfall in sydney to kind of brainstorm at and the lyrics came from them for in his words from nowhere the picture was there and suddenly the lyrics came to him and he describes it as a song about stepping into the unknown faith broad trust and this is probably the most remarkable thing about this the woman who sings this so powerfully and beautifully had literally just seen it on the day of tracking and on her first take, knocked it out of the park. Oh, right. And they say, you know, they said she, they felt like she was actually holding back and they said, no, give it even more. And she just kind of gave all that she had. And okay. so um, all that being said, uh, let me make one point clear. Um, and that is this song, because it's so popular, means a lot to many different people. And I've had many different interactions with people where they will say, um, this is my favorite song. It's helped me through really dark times and things like that. So hear me out when I say any criticism of this song is not a criticism of the fact that it helped you in dark times or it gave you strength or courage. Um, What we're doing on this podcast is merely evaluating the lyrics of this song. And so we have nothing to say about... um, how it may have affected you. And I'm very glad to hear that it was helpful for some people's faith, but um, I am going to be critical of this song just for full, full, full disclosure. And I don't want anyone to think that I'm being critical of how it affected them. Sure. I've had songs by like the smashing pumpkins or the red hot chili peppers help me through something. It doesn't mean that those lyrics are necessarily. Oh no. Always helpful and useful. Right. Not the, not the red hot chili peppers. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I was, I was chuckling as you were talking, Tyler, because 
it's neat to get a candid admission that they had the metaphor before they even had right precisely what they were going to say right like that that's really because you know i suspect that sometimes when we're reviewing a song that oh yeah they just had this idea (laughs) and they just tried to fit some scripture to it or fit a scriptural concept into this yeah and you know they're kind of nakedly saying that so okay yeah and i will also say i i can acknowledge legitimacy of someone saying i knew what this song was going to be before i knew exactly how i was going to word it yeah um but yeah when they say we knew it was going to be about oceans that's not really it was going to be called oceans yes that's not really the same thing as i know it's going to talk about i guess human suffering or something like that um so maybe as a as a preliminary um i'll just kind of sum up the song well can i say one other thing Tyler? Oh, yeah, or can yeah, i yeah. ask you a question have you ever led this song in worship on um, i i have right okay i have never led this song in worship and i'm going to do you one better before this podcast i had never heard this song in its entirety i had hmm. o- only heard the very famous clip of this song with the with the drum the solo. drummer yeah we need to link to that in the episode description oh, yeah, where sure. he's just going ham at a yeah. drum solo yeah. in the middle that, of it. it was the only time like i had i had never in fact i'd never been in a church which which did this song or anything so i'd never run into it yeah i will say maybe as a point of clarification uh i did not feel good leading this song <laughs> okay. um it was uh because someone really liked it they approached the the music team and said, hey, I really like this song. It's by a Christian group called Hillsong. And I looked at the lyrics and I thought, I'm not really sure kind of what this is about. And I also to be clear, I did not lead it in a worship, in a church service. Uh, okay, it was this on um, campus. It was a, it was a, a college yeah. fellowship thing. So, um, yeah, it it left me with a weird feeling. And I hope maybe by the end of the episode, we can kind of disentangle what all the weird feelings are <laughs> with this song. All right, well, Tyler, why don't you tell us a little bit about what the song is about? It's You've already mentioned it's a song which sort of imagines being in the shoes of Peter, the, the very wet shoes of Peter. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I think the way that they sum it up in this in this video is very helpful. It's a song about stepping into the unknown, faith, broad trust. So they, I think they sum it up pretty well. You step out, we are called out onto waters where feet may fail. And in this kind of uncertainty, they even describe it as a mystery. Um, the faith of the one stepping out is strengthened and fortified by the presence of Christ mm. or presence of my savior. And there is a description that, uh, despite all the uncertainty, God is sovereign. His hand is described as sovereign, which is obviously metaphorical. Um, and then there's an appeal for the spirit to lead the singer into real uncertainty mm. and also uh, unbounded trust. Okay. And so I would say in the midst of all that, um, there are some really good kernels mm-hmm. of, you know, they're, they're scattered throughout the song of very good elements uh, but it's, uh, in my mind, it's overshadowed by some other things, which we can get into hmm. as we look at the lyrics. Yeah. Um, into the Unknown, it reminds me of a Disney song. It does. Not the first time. that Wasn't there a song <laughs> that sounded like the Pocahontas song? 
Was that also Hillsong? Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. He paid with all the colors of the wind. Yes, yeah, we did a song. I don't remember what song was it was. It a Getty was it a song? Getty song? I think it was a Getty song. Yes, it was a Getty song about that sounded like Colors of the Wind. It's not coming to my mind yeah, right it's now. All right. I think it was the one they did in the barn or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So let's get into some lyrics. You call me out upon the waters, the great unknown where feet may fail, and there I find you in the mystery, in oceans deep, my faith will stand. Okay, so these words might seem a little perplexing. Mysterious. Mysterious, even. So let's go to Matthew 14 and read about the account where... Jesus walks on the water and um, Peter fails to walk on the water. So his feet fail. Well, yes. Also his faith. Um, So Matthew 14, I'll start at verse 22. Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid." Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. So this this story is the backdrop against which these lyrics in the song are laid. And so um, it seems like the singer is really identifying with Peter when Peter is called out. Uh, when, when Peter says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you. And the Lord says, come. The, the singer is saying, you call me out on the waters. And uh, this, this is very interesting uh, because, um, of course, in the story, it's, it's Peter who initiates this, this test, right? It's, yeah. Jesus did not you know, walk up to the boat and then say, um, if you have a lot of faith, walk out to me. Right. Instead, Peter Peter's said, like doubting. <laughs> if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. Um, and so, that, and again, that's interesting where the song starts with Christ's call to Peter, which is extrapolated to Christ's call to the individual, yeah. um, even though Peter initiated that um, response. And it's strange that um, the, the the waters are called the great unknown because mm. um, 
uh, Christ is walking on the waters and um, I suppose it's possible that the disciples could have looked and seen Christ walking on the waters and declaring himself to be Christ. It take courage at his eye. Don't be afraid. Um, and then still being uncertain as to whether or not this yeah. was <laughs> the Lord himself. Um, but I, well, I don't think that the message Peter, of that story is that this is a great unknown. No, Peter is a little bit uncertain, right? Yeah. But you know, I, I presume that this is an extrapolation maybe of the water. Like you, you, you can't see very low below the ocean. You don't know what's there. It's one of the things, you know, some people don't like swimming in the ocean because sure. they're worried that there's something down there that they can't see. Yeah. Well, there are, there are lots of things yeah, down there. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> um, yeah, so the great unknown is the waters in that reading, uh, which is fine, yeah. yeah. Um, where feet may fail. And certainly, um, if we know anything about human beings, it's that feet do fail on water. And that uh, yeah. it's not just that feet may fail, it's that uh, human beings in their own power cannot walk on water. Yeah, when I was a kid, we lived by this, we just called it a slough, but it was like a very small creek with mm-hmm. all sorts of, you know, it's like for drainage and uh, it would fill up. The slough of despond from uh, Pilgrim's Progress. <laughs> oh, I didn't think <laughs> about that. But it would fill up with water. And I don't know why we thought we could do this, but we would, we would, we would think that if we could run fast enough down the hill, we could actually run across the yeah. water. Yeah. And make it to the other side without getting wet. And like, we tried yeah. this a bunch when I was like, you know, six or seven, eight years old thereabouts. And of course it never worked. It yeah. just ended up getting wet and in trouble. And of course, anyone who skipped rocks know it is possible for solids to bounce off of the top yeah. of water, but you have to be moving quickly enough laterally and have a broad enough surface area to compensate for your weight to overcome the surface tension of the water. Mm-hmm. And... um yeah. Human beings are not built that way <laughs> to say there are those little, little bitty bugs that yeah. can sit on uh, ponds and things like that. Um, but yeah. they're exceptionally light and they spread their weight out really well with those long mm-hmm. limbs. Yeah. But we, those things we are not. No. Uh, yeah. I, I thought this, uh, I mean, I guess, yeah, there's, so there's the mystery too. So yes, the unknown and I the mystery. Find you in the mystery. What mm. is the mystery? I don't know. And why would you find, again, the you, we, we, we reasonably assume Christ. this is Christ. Yes. Yeah. So I don't know what the mystery is. And I think this is another area where nebulous language is used to explain or describe some of the uncertainties of life. Maybe. And yeah. Like the people that I know who have been moved by this song will say I was in a very uncertain position or the future yeah. looked uncertain. There was a kind of mystery. Um, but I think you have to provide that for the song. Um, and... In fact, uh, most most Orthodox Christians would say um, we have sufficient knowledge uh, given to us in the scriptures um, such that our faith is not primarily one of mystery. There are things no. that are mysterious to us, um, but they're not ones that we're regularly encouraged to explore, so to speak. Yeah, and so the... faith in Christ is primarily one of knowledge, not one of mystery. Yeah, the overwhelming thrust of Christianity is what we know yeah. about God and, and what he has revealed yeah. in history and in, in scripture. Yeah. And there are things that are unknown and that are mysterious and scripture tells us that, but it also assures us that, you know, we'll know those things when it's time to know them. And the things that we can know are the things that are of crucial importance. Right. Exactly. Okay. Um, so then, in, Oh yeah. Go ahead. 
in oceans deep, my faith will stand. What I find interesting about this is that the emphasis uh, for the singer seems to be about where the faith will stand. Uh, the, in fact, maybe more precisely, the faith really seems to be what's emphasized, not the one believed in. It's the belief. Yeah. And I think we'll see that echo throughout this song where um, various experiences are sought out for the sake of maybe a more powerful uh, emotional response, mm -hmm. um, but not necessarily for the sake of the one being uh, sought out. And in this case... Um, it seems to be that the object or the objective of all of this walking out on water is to, for the faith to stand in oceans deep, which, um, from a metaphorical perspective, doesn't quite make sense because, um, Christ stood on the water, um, and not in the deep water, if that makes sense. Someone with like, someone standing in the shallows will be standing in water. Yeah. Um, but I just don't know exactly what it means for in oceans deep, my faith will stand yeah. to mean unless one has very long legs. Yeah. Should be like on. Yeah. Right. Different, if we're, different if we're, prepositions. If we're referencing the this, this story, if we're like becoming Peter, I would just make a note here to come to circle back to that. In this, we, we don't know what the ocean and the mystery and everything, it's kind of unclear what all that means, but it does seem like the ocean is, is bad and that the unknown is bad, Yeah. right? Does that seem fair? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I want to put a pin in that because I got the impression later that the metaphor kind of changes a little bit. Okay. Yeah. And I will say, um, at least Old Testament descriptions of the ocean are not necessarily good. They're oh, yeah. often very negative. Yeah, yeah. And so in that sense... Yeah, the ocean is a representation of uncertainty, mm -hmm. danger. Yeah. So, okay. uh, very good. I will call upon your name and keep my eyes above the waves. When oceans rise, my soul will rest in your embrace, for I am yours and you are mine. Okay. Uh, I like this first line, I will call upon your name. Scripture yeah. encourages Christians always to call upon the name of the Lord, to mm -hmm. glorify and magnify his name, and of course in times of distress, to appeal to him in prayer. Yeah, and there's a nice call back to the first verse, which says, you call me out. And so then we, you know, it's a we response. call, it's a yeah, call and response kind of thing. Yes. And of course, this is also a similar to what Peter does, right? When he walks out on the water and, and fails, he mm -hmm. then cries out, Lord, save me. Uh, I, this second line is ambiguous. I don't think it's necessarily deliberately ambiguous, but there's an and, this coordinating conjunction here. And there's two ways to read this. This can introduce a new clause, meaning there's a whole new idea here. Mm -hmm. um, keep my eyes above the waves. This could be uh, either an uh, imperative. So it's it's appealing to God to keep the person's eyes above the waves. Another way to read this, the other possibility with this ambiguity is that this and coordinates two different verbs. So 
I will call upon your name and keep my eyes above the waves where Surely I am still one. the actor. You think so? I think so. I think, think that's possible, uh -huh. but I've also heard this um, sung where people will actually, I think unintentionally omit the second uh -huh. and, and they'll say, I will call upon your name, keep my eyes above the waves. Uh -huh. In which case I think they're using that as a more of a, an, imperative an imperative verb to cry uh -huh. out to God. I would say I prefer that reading. Uh, mm -hmm. But I don't think that the text necessarily supplies it. I prefer the reading. I'll call upon my name and maybe it imply, therefore, uh, Lord, keep my eyes above the waves where it's God sustaining us on the water. Um, but in any event, uh, this is obviously, a, it's still ex expanding on the metaphor where Peter's walking on the water. Keeping my eyes above the waves mean keeping my head above water. I, okay. Maybe that's even a way that they found to kind of circumlocute that expression because be. i've never heard keep my eyes above the waves before but All i've right, heard keep my head above the water okay and then the um the oceans rise even higher it looks like is this a commentary on global warming Colin? <laughs> i think it is yeah i think, I think it's like one of these disaster the best movies readings. <laughs> got a disaster song yes to the 2012 do you remember yeah, that movie that's right i do when or, did that like, movie uh, come out uh, it, it was like 2010. It, yeah, it was. I, I think that that was a time period when everyone really was worried that the world was going to end in 2012. Yeah. Um, which that's a whole different issue. But oh my goodness. Um, when it, oceans rise, uh, of course, the sea level is rising in this song, I guess, because uh, things are getting more uncertain than they I, were before. Maybe. Yeah. Or more, is this about riding things? a wave? Like the ocean itself isn't rising, oh, but okay. part of the ocean is rising. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't know. But anyway, when oceans rise, my soul will rest in your embrace. Well, seems to be, these two ideas seem to be connected. Yeah. And the the verse before that is the waves. So oceans rise connected the waves. So it must yeah. be waves that is, that is being discussed. So I think the idea here is as uncertainty increases uh, externally, certainty and rest increase with me because my soul will rest in your embrace. And mm -hmm. of course, this is what Christ does with Peter. He reaches out and holds him when mm. his uh, feet fail, so to speak, okay. when he falls in the water. That um, seems important because sometimes words like embrace can get into the Jesus, my my boyfriend yeah. type thing. Whereas in this case, it sounds like it, it references an embrace that actually happens in the in the text, or at least could reference that. Yeah, in as much as we can continue to read ourselves into the story yeah. about Peter. And I think I do think that is increasingly challenging because already the language... Okay, there is an ocean involved, and there's waves, but there's a there, already it seems to have kind of departed from concrete descriptions of the Peter story, if you ask me. Okay, it does seem to be talking about a lot more than just the, yeah. the situation with Peter. Yeah, um, and it's also not obvious what lessons are to be learned from not that yet, story certainly. about Peter. No, um, and then this final line in this verse: "I am yours, and you are mine." is an interesting paraphrase of Song of Solomon 6.3. I am, I, I would say, I think, I'm I am my beloved's and my beloved is mine. Um, where we have this kind of syllogism. Your grace abounds in deepest waters Your sovereign hand will be my guide Come on, you sing What feet may fail
Your grace abounds in deepest waters. Your sovereign hand will be my guide. Where feet may fail and fear surrounds me, you've never failed and you won't start now. Some nice comments here, Tyler. Some some good sentiments, maybe? Yeah, this first line in, again, I think the waters have to be read as um, uncertainty or danger. Okay. Um, but yeah, in, in deepest waters, in the greatest amount of uncertainty where feet may fail, um, God's grace abounds. And there's a reference here that he has a sovereign hand and that he's going to be our guide throughout all the uncertainty, which is mm -hmm. very good. Um, and there's also an assertion, a true one, that, that God has never failed, even where feet may fail and fear surrounds me. Um, and that God won't start failing now. So he, he always has been successful and he always will be successful. So this, this kind of fearlessness reminds me of a healthy fearlessness described in Psalm 27, uh, where the psalmist writes, uh, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Mm -hmm. And so even when fear surrounds me, even if armies surround me, so to speak, um, I don't need to be afraid because God is with me and he's never failed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I, uh, I like the reference to grace. I'd like to know more about what kind of grace it is. Is it saving grace and deepest waters is... I don't know, like the sin that overwhelms us, or is it just you know, some kind of common grace? God's just, you know, just decent things that are happening in life and decent things about life that that make it more bearable in the midst of challenge. I, I'd like some more definition there myself. Yeah, and to be quite honest with you, and I think this is maybe something um, listeners need to consider. Um, it's not necessarily true that just because someone says grace that they're thinking of a oh, concrete yeah. idea mm -hmm. because this word could be replaced by a number of other single syllable words that we attribute to God without doing any real damage to the song. You could say your love abounds in deepest water, mm -hmm. um, your mercy. hope abounds, yeah, two syllables, but yeah, your mercy okay. abounds in deepest waters. And so I think we need to be careful um, of course, I, I don't want to attribute anything, you know, wrong to the song necessarily. Um, but because the song doesn't really give us a context for what, what grace means, um, we might have to wonder why they chose that word mm -hmm. and if they were really thinking about um, gr grace when they said it. Uh, in general, I like to take things at their words. So, yeah. Um, and there, there's am ample opportunity to provide some more definition to some of the elements in this song, whether grace or, but, but also again, the waters and, and kind of the metaphor there's, it would be great if the, they're, they're kind of circling around this ocean water, badness, uncertainty blob. And, you know, already most of the way through the song, we still don't quite know what it is. Yeah. Uh, Just that it's mysterious and badish. Yeah. I think maybe grace here can be taken as in the same way when people say, by the grace of God, I am X or I am Y. Um, they're not really thinking necessarily about how God applies his grace to the sinner in some context, but they're really just saying it's by maybe God's good pleasure yeah, or, or God's mercy or something. he's brought me to this place. And so um, when things are really uncertain and chaotic and crazy and even life-threatening, like being in the ocean. Mm -hmm. Um, 
God's grace abounds there. We then get to Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters, wherever you would call me. Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander, and my faith will be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. So there's a there's an imploring of the Spirit directly. There's a change in the addressee, it would seem, maybe. Yeah, so it moves from being descriptive, really, to a really clear and vocal appeal. And I think this is probably where the song airs most uh, pronounced, in in the most pronounced fashion. What I mean by that is uh, we need to be cautious and thoughtful when we implore God um, to do something. And you... Here we are imploring the Holy Spirit to do what? To lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. Take there's a lot of yeah. Um, these are all different petitions addresses here. To, petitions to the Spirit. Yeah. Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander, and my faith will be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. Um, so we're really appealing to the Holy Spirit to, I guess, at best, take us out of our comfort zone mm-hmm. and um, at worst, maybe take us into a kind of, well, I, I, I won't say what at worst. I don't know precisely what it means for my trust to be without borders. Like, it seems to me that this song is pursuing experiences for their own sake or pursuing these things for the sake of uh, making one's faith stronger and not for the sake of glorifying, honoring, sure. or even um, loving the Lord more. So if, like, for example, in this, take me deeper than my feet could ever wander. And what's the goal of this? It's to make my faith stronger in the presence of my savior. It's not and I will, my faith will be made stronger and I will enjoy the Savior. I will honor the Savior. I will praise him. It just seems like the goal is this kind of um, fortification of faith where faith means willingness to do uh, things that I wasn't willing to do a minute ago. Sure. Does that make sense? Yeah, I agree. So you're. it's almost like there's, I don't want to say like a works righteousness component, but m- maybe that is something like what what maybe you're seeing in it. Or like a spiritual theme park or something okay. like that. Like, yeah. maybe I sound like an old, I, I, I guess I'm a curmudgeon, but, uh, and I don't want to be a curmudgeon. Um, if I'm wrong, listeners, let me know. But to me, this seems like we're appealing to the Holy Spirit to give us um, extreme circumstances for the sake of um, having more extreme experiences. Um, and in the context of this song, it's not clear 
what it means for my faith to be made stronger. Of course, in a healthy sense, that would be good. Like mm. it is good for one's faith to be strengthened. But in the context of this song, faith just seems to mean willingness to step into the unknown or willingness to walk on mysterious ground. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think that's a, a, a Christian view of faith. Be- there are lots of beautiful things and wonderful things about faith, and they don't all have to reference our salvation, but there's a missed opportunity here to talk about the, the greatest work of faith, which is, you know, God giving us faith and 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 removing this the stain of our sin, the sins mm-hmm. that we inherit and the sin from Adam and and our the sin that we commit willfully, that seems to be missing here. So I think I think you you rightly quibble with some of this. I wouldn't go as far as you're going here. I think I don't know. I, I wonder. I do think you're maybe making a connection here that, or at least that I I don't yeah see. Um, what I do see in here that does bother me is just more of a stylistic point or an issue with the metaphor. So now we have "Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander," and so the ocean and the water and the deep was bad. And now the person is asking God to actually take them into it, which I get. Maybe this supports your point. Maybe this is your high. point, which is, wouldn't we want? Isn't the point for us to not, you know, to be delivered from the ocean in some sense? Well, <laughs> I don't know. This is kind of a messed up metaphor. It, I don't know what it. I don't know. Yeah, we're appealing to be. I, I mean, it, from the metaphorical perspective. Um, there's a point when you're in the ocean where your feet can no longer touch the bottom anymore. And it yeah. seems like that's kind of what's getting at here. Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander. Um, take me past the deep end, so to speak. Take well, me into places yeah. that I can't touch the bottom. And now that's talking about swimming. That's true. You it's know? no longer talking about walking on water, but swimming See, in but, water. And this is kind of my, this is kind of, this is kind of something that we've touched on a little bit in this episode, but this just has totally departed from the Peter. Like I, I think it's it's only very vaguely referencing Peter at the very beginning, and it, it just kind of leaps off. Yeah, I think it just it's just going into this ocean metaphor. That yes, I agree. He, let me underscore my point. Okay. I think this this makes it clear. Um, Peter's inability to walk on water is not a function of the depth of the water. The depth of the water is merely an adrenaline kind of psychological kick yeah. to allow to, Peter could have walked on two inches of water he, yeah. without touching the bottom um, if he had had faith and he didn't yeah. have faith. And so to me, all this appeal to like going deeper and going further and going into more treacherous, more dangerous, more mm-hmm. um, uncertain situations water, yeah. seems to be focusing on the external circumstances okay. rather than the sheer act of faith in Jesus Christ and yeah. yeah, of course, all the other things that come with that repentance of sin, uh, loving of the savior and desiring to do his will and honor him. So yeah. that's kind of what I mean. I think we were both kind of dancing around that. Okay. Yeah. I, I think that that coalesces into a concrete, legitimate criticism of the song. And unfortunately, yeah, the metaphor is so mixed up in here that yeah. it's hard to It's hard to get there. I think you've just articulated it well. So this song says, take me deeper than my feet could ever wander and my faith will be made stronger. Um, Just to reiterate this, my faith will be no stronger if I am able to walk on 60 feet of water than if I am able to walk on six inches of water. Either one is uh, a miraculous act of God. Yeah. And uh, anything beyond that, I think is supplying 
if, if we want to read it back into Matthew 14, is supplying things to that text that were not there. Yeah. Um, the problem with, with uh, Matthew 14, with Peter's faith, is that he doubted Christ. Not that, um, you know, maybe he looked down and the water was too deep or something like that. Okay. You know, a question that I have as we kind of get into concluding thoughts, um, I wonder how explicitly Christian this song is. That was one thing I had thought about as we go through it. I mean, there is the spirit that is referenced, but other than that, there's just a kind of your or you. And, you know, definitely this is theist friendly. I don't know, you know, and there's faith. So there's faith and spirit, which suggests vaguely this is a Christian song. However, at the very, very end, she does say, Oh, Jesus, okay. you're my God. So she does... Extemporaneously? Or well, is that it's in the lyrics in that the I lyrics. have, and I think oh, okay. in most of the versions she actually says this. Okay. So it, it's, it is, I agree with you, it's very nebulous yeah. until the end when she does say, Oh, Jesus, you're my God. Um, oh, that's helpful. Damn. Good thing that you can tack that, uh, that little footnote in there <laughs> to help. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. though, it's just... It, I, I would say this song is just kind of vaguely inspiring and... Oh, and the music is so powerful. Oh, yeah, sure. I can see why so many people are moved by it. Yeah, yeah. And th- there's like good nuggets in here of trusting God and the uncertain, and then the music is like building to this great, powerful moment. I can see why it's so... It resonates with people. Yeah. Um, And I want to affirm the good qualities of that. Mm-hmm. Tyler, what did you give this song as a rating? I'm very curious about this. Okay, uh, coming in, I was ready to give it a very bad score. And after talking through it, I see there's a lot more to um, appreciate about it, but it still is too troublesome for me. Yeah. I'm going to give it a two out of five close encounters. Oh. Do, 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 do. Uh, and that is because if you look at the... Um, the cover for the official single, the cover art. Yeah. The official single version of this song has the band on a sleek, glossy stage. Behind them, there are kind of triangular pyramid-looking things and bright lights. And then a- around those triangular pyramid things, there are several stage lights all pointing down. But the camera is mounted in such a place that the stage, which is glossy and waxed, forms a kind of mirror image of what came before yeah, it. Okay. And so when you look at the album art, it looks like a spaceship with people praising in front of the spaceship. (laughs) And it looks a lot like the Close Encounters spaceship Uh, to me. So two out of five, Close Encounters. Colin, what'd you give it? Mine is so predictable. Uh, Two out of five drum solos. You you have to, you have to reference the video where that dude gets, gets asked. I guess he got asked like the last minute he was kind of some dude that was going to the church or maybe, I don't even know if he was like a member of the church, but he was, they needed a drummer. Yeah, either either they did not run through it or they did run through it and he behaved completely different than yeah. the run through because this is, you can tell everyone on stage is uncomfortable with how he has chosen to take advantage <laughs> yeah. of this drum solo. And I have to say, that's what makes it so funny is not just that this guy just tears the drums apart in his enthusiasm it's that everybody else is just trying to pretend yes. that <laughs> he's not doing it. When oceans rise, my soul will rest in your embrace. For 
Yes, and there's a, there's a really good subtle subtext to all this that's worthwhile worthwhile talking about, and that is um, there's an uh, I don't want to use this word lightly, but there's a kind of aura around leading worship, and so you're supposed to look like polished, rehearsed, but like not bring, making it about yourself, and so all these people are like, this is clearly transgressing all of these norms that we've adopted but never expressed clearly, and they don't know what to do. It's really funny because the mystical aspect is so important. Yes. Like, everyone's bound so they can't just stop and say hey hey let's let's do this again yeah like, exactly and just don't don't do that like they can't they do can't that. stop the song yeah you can't you can't so they have the to show just, must go on kind right. of mentality in a song because right, there's such a production aspect and there's a whole mood aspect and yeah so even though the mood has been killed you can't acknowledge that you can't kill the mood you have to which, in a sense, it's kind of remarkable that this is uh, dominant in Christian churches because that's, a, I think, a little oh. bit of a dishonest way of looking at it. Like, we can't acknowledge what's right in front of our faces. Yeah. It's weird. Yes, very pagan, too. I mean, it's just, it's, it really exposes, in my view, just, yeah, the real deficiencies of the kind of worship apparatus that many churches have just kind of accepted, the culture, mm. the 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 affectations and so on and so forth you can this is a this has taken on a life of its own and it's a problem hmm. wow i'm sure that we made enemies or i'm sure that i made some enemies with this because i was pretty critical of a song that's liked by a lot of people maybe um Although... i i hope if if you have uh feedback or commentary or criticism that you will uh send that our way yeah, and we do reflect on that and talk about that feedback and criticism. In fact, we'll be doing that in the next episode. We'll be yes. going through some listener comments or questions or just kind of reflecting on things that we've said and whether we've gotten them right or whether we've gotten them wrong. So look for that episode to come uh, for the conclusion of the next series. And I'm not sure what we're doing for Series 5, but we'll we'll figure that out. Until then, take care. Thanks. You've been listening to The Worship Review. Please subscribe to the podcast, leave a comment, or email us at feedback at theworshipreview.com. We accept donations at anchor.fm slash theworshipreview and patreon.com slash theworshipreview. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.